0: From Forward Montana, this is What the Helena. Hello and welcome back to What the Helena. If you are anything like us, we know you are tired. With the hope of spring and COVID vaccines in the air, now is not the time to disengage. More than ever, we need everyone contacting their representatives and spreading the word on the multitude of bills moving through our legislature. The good news we make it easy for you it takes less than 10 minutes seriously we'll time you before we jump into it i want to let you know about some upcoming events on monday march 29th you can join the montana chapter of the sierra club for a virtual phone bank where we'll be calling our communities about house bill 481 a bill to add severe penalties for fossil fuel protest And on Tuesday, April 6th, you can join us and many of our partners for a virtual public lands rally. The Montana Legislative Forecast. 100% chance of money. With only 30 days left in the session, legislators have some extremely important decisions to make regarding that silly green paper that tends to control our existence. Money, that is. And a lot of it. When the legislature meets every other year, they're tasked with discussing the state budget and where to allocate funding for the next two years. This year, Montana is also coming into an additional $2.7 billion, yes, billion, from the American Rescue Plan Act, ARPA, recently passed by the U.S. Congress and signed by President Biden to aid in COVID-19 recovery. With the current budget and ARPA funding, we're looking at upwards of $15 billion for our state. Nothing like a pot of gold at the end of a very crooked and not very colorful rainbow. And now, what to do with all of it? First, the budget. Conversations about House Bill 2, the $12.6 billion existing state budget, sponsored by Representative Lou Jones of Conrad, have been frustrating, to say the least. As it stands, the Department of Public Health and Human Services alone will suffer a $150 million budget loss. House Democrats proposed numerous amendments to direct budget funding back to DPHHS, specifically to Medicaid coverage for children, suicide prevention, and refugee services, which all failed, mostly on party lines. Instead, the GOP seems more concerned with directing funding to things like suing the Biden administration over the Keystone XL pipeline and loosening gun regulations in the wake of two tragic mass shootings. Next, the American Rescue Plan Act. Now that Montana is raining federal cash, Representative Frank Garner of Kalispell has sponsored House Bill 632 to distribute the $2.7 billion in ARPA funds. With anticipated revenue loss resulting from proposed tax cuts for the wealthy, the legislature has no excuse not to direct these extra billions of dollars towards programs that support all Montanans. We have an opportunity to restore 2017 budget cuts, invest in affordable housing, fund early childhood education and mental health services, bolster SNAP benefits, and so much more. Our friends at the Montana Budget and Policy Center are a lot more versed in money talk and have released an in-depth report on where this funding should be directed. We encourage you all to give it a look and check out our Instagram posts to see how you can take action. Some extremely harmful voting rights legislation is passing with little regard for constitutionality, and we are pretty fed up with it. It's time to get loud, and if these bills pass, litigious. We will see them in court. If House Bill 176 passes, you will not be able to register on Election Day. This could mean waving bye-bye to casting your ballot if you moved and forgot to re-register with the correct address. We have one last chance to reach out to our representatives before same-day voter registration is no longer. If Senate Bill 169 passes, your student ID will no longer be sufficient to register and receive a ballot and you'll need to provide extra documentation with your name and Montana address. If you're a student living in the dorms, finding that documentation might be a struggle. Let's raise hell on how unfair Senate Bill 169 is to student voters. Reach out to your senator. If House Bill 406 passes, it will be harder for you to get help delivering your ballot to your county elections office. Did you know that an almost identical measure to restrict ballot collection was recently ruled unconstitutional? If signed into law, House Bill 406 will almost certainly head straight to court, costing us all more money. Tell the Senate State Admin Committee to save us some tax dollars and vote no on House Bill 406. If House Bill 651 passes, it's gonna be way more difficult for citizens like you and me to put an issue we care about on the ballot. This is called a ballot initiative. A great example of a successful ballot initiative is I-190, the measure to legalize marijuana approved by voters this fall. Another important example, the 6-mil levy secured game-changing long-term funding for the Montana University system. Under the terms of House Bill 651, I-190 and the 6-mil levy may have never even made it onto the ballot for voters to decide. Tell the House State Admin Committee that we'd like to keep the current processes for ballot initiatives. Thank you. <coughs> Did you know there are a thousand millions in a billion dollars? That is a lot of money. Well, Northwestern Energy customers, aka you, might have to foot a bill of this size if Senate Bill 379, sponsored by Senator Steve Fitzpatrick of Great Falls, passes. This radical bill would allow Northwestern Energy to force their customers to pick up the tab for Unit 4 of Coal Strip, an aging coal-fired power plant. The three major takeaways... One, Montanans cannot afford to pay over a billion dollars for a corporate bailout. Two, Northwestern Energy does not need any more power than it already has. And three, the passage of this bill would remove even more regulatory ability from the Public Service Commission to hold Northwestern Energy accountable for running coal strip in a prudent manner. This is an extremely dangerous bill for Montanans, and we need your help to stop it. Senate Bill 379 will be heard on Tuesday, so contact the Senate Energy and Telecommunications Committee ASAP and tell them to stop this corporate overreach and vote no on Senate Bill 379. Gay marriage. The Salem witch trials. Trans kids playing sports. What do all of these things have in common? They are all made-up problems, and they have all at some point in time wiggled their way into the conservative consciousness. By this point, you've likely heard the Montana Legislature is considering at least four bills directly targeting the LGBTQ community, specifically trans children. House Bill 112, House Bill 427, Senate Bill 215, and Senate Bill 280. This is part of a national trend. Across the country, we're seeing the highest number of anti-trans bills ever introduced in a single year. These bills are part of a coordinated effort supported by right-wing organizations like the Montana Family Foundation and Alliance Defending Freedom, which is classified as a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center and was on the front lines of the conservative battle against marriage equality, or as they call it, the homosexual agenda. ADF has sent representatives to Montana to comment on many of the worst bills we've seen this session. Conservative legislators all over the country are clinging to the remnants of a culture war they've been waging for decades. We know they'll lose in the long run, but this won't happen on its own. The fight for marriage equality was hard won by organizers, lawyers, and allies in state legislatures, courtrooms, and media over the course of years. We need you to keep up the pressure. Tell your senator to vote no on House Bill 112 and House Bill 427. Once you've got that checked off, let your representative know that they need to vote no on Senate Bill 215 and Senate Bill 280. Do it every day! Temp check. How do you feel about nuclear energy? We know nuclear energy can be baffling. Nuclear power plants don't produce greenhouse gas emissions, but they do produce radioactive waste, which can be dangerous for thousands of years. Marginalized groups have historically shouldered the burden of exposure to radioactive waste. TLDR, nuclear energy has some pros, but it comes with some heavy cons. Because of this, it's important that all Montanans have the opportunity to weigh in on the possible addition of a nuclear power facility in our state. Representative Derek Skies of Kalispell believes Montanans aren't smart enough to make this call, which is why he proposed House Bill 273, a bill to overturn a long-standing initiative giving Montana voters the right to approve or reject a proposed nuclear energy facility. The suggestion that Montanans can't make our own decisions about whether we want nuclear in our state is frankly insulting. Contact the Senate Energy and Telecommunications Committee and tell them to vote no. Let's respect Montanans' choices. For the last three months, we've been endlessly fighting against legislation favoring fossil fuels over renewables. So we were unfortunately not too surprised to hear about House Bill 475, introduced by Representative Derek Skees of Kalispell, which would effectively eliminate the Renewable Portfolio Standard, or RPS. What's the RPS, you might ask? This program was implemented 16 years ago to encourage development of renewable energy resources across Montana and has benefited agriculture, improved rural economic development opportunities, grown the tax base, and increased jobs. House Bill 475 would add hydropower to the RPS, allowing utilities to fulfill renewable energy requirements with aging hydropower projects. It has an evil twin in House Bill 576, sponsored by Representative Jerry Schillinger of Circle, which would flat-out eliminate the RPS. Representative Schillinger and Representative Skies are sending the industry a message that Montana is hostile to renewable energy development. The RPS has been around for a while. We agree it needs an update, but elimination isn't the answer. The good news? You can make your voice heard by sending a message to the Senate Energy and Telecommunications Committee and asking for their no vote on House Bill 475 and House Bill 576.
1: Of the week.
0: Representative Matt Regeer of Kalispell made headlines this week by suggesting that cities, counties, and schools with COVID-19 regulations more restrictive than the states, such as mask mandates, should not qualify for state-appropriated money. His logic? Individuals should be able to make decisions for themselves without government mandates. Here's where the hypocrisy kicks in. Representative Regeer, alleged champion of individual liberty and freedom from government overreach, is the sponsor of House Bill 167, one of the many anti-reproductive health care bills we've seen this session. House Bill 167 is nothing but an inflammatory attempt to stigmatize and politicize the constitutional right to reproductive health care, in other words, it's sticking the government where it doesn't belong, the very thing that Regeer claims to stand against. Representative Regeer, could it be that you actually just care more about your political agenda than the health and safety of Montanans? Boo. Boo. If you've been reading What the Hell into this session, you may have noticed we've been using the word no quite a bit, saying no to bad bills and encouraging a lot of no votes. This week, we'd really like to switch gears and shout yes by recognizing champion of students, Representative Andrea Olson of Missoula, as our Hero of the Week. Not only has Representative Olson been defending Montanans against putrid bills, but she's also been pushing some very encouraging legislation. She has introduced over 15 progressive bills and advocates for Montanans young, old, and in-between with thoughtful policies that would improve our lives. Her latest bill, House Bill 654, would increase the top income tax bracket, raising taxes on the wealthiest 1% of Montanans, generating funding for higher education and lowering tuition costs. Many young people came out in support. During the hearing, Representative Olson alluded to the importance of Montana's young people and future generations, saying, quote, education is truly the best investment we can make into our economy and into our state for the well-being of our constituents, end quote. We couldn't have said it better, Representative Olson. Thank you for fighting for future generations. Show your appreciation for Representative Olson's efforts by sending House Taxation a message in support of House Bill 654. <laughs> As you've probably noticed, there are a ton of energy and environmental bills moving through the legislature right now. This week, my colleague Eliza sat down with our friends and climate superheroes, Anne and Connor from the Montana Environmental Information Center. They have been doing a ton of really exciting work around engaging young folks in the legislative session and beyond. And they talk through some of the bills they're following, why they're so concerning, and what you can do to make your voice heard. Take it away.
1: My name is Connor Ploger. I am the Clean Energy Program Director at the Montana Environmental Information Center. So, what that means is I help to advocate for the acceleration and development of renewable energy uh, across Montana, uh, as well as advocating for uh, affordable prices for electricity as well throughout the entire state. Um, I started at MEIC in late September, so I'm relatively new to all of this, but it's been such a wonderful learning experience being able to work with MEIC and, of course, being able to collaborate with groups like Ford Montana.
2: And I'm Ann Hedges and I have been working at MEIC since 1993. I'm now the co-director, um, uh, the director of, of policy and legislative affairs. Uh, I've been working at the legislature for long enough to know this is the worst session we've ever faced. And I do a lot of different issues. Um, everything related to energy as well as air quality, land use, um, fossil fuels, keep it in the ground, as well as clean energy and trying to figure out how to transition.
3: Great. So next let's talk about what bills are at the top of your radar for the rest of the session. Um, What can you tell our listeners about that?
2: We have a couple really top priority bills. Um, The first one is SB 379, which is Northwestern's newest billion dollar bailout bill. And it would allow Northwestern to collect over a billion dollars from customers in an attempt um, to keep the coal strip plant open. But nothing in the, in the actual bill requires the plant to remain open. It really is just saddling customers with these huge expenses to um, create enormous windfall profits to the shareholders of Northwestern Energy with no benefit at all to customers. Customers are going to see huge increases in their bills. Um, And it's going to to devastate businesses in the state who are already on the margins and people who are already struggling to pay their power bills. This bill is a disaster. And that's why the Public Service Commission voted 5-0 to oppose it, uh, and we've we've seen a lot of people come out strongly in opposition because it's just it's so over the top. As one of the former public service commissioners said, it's ludicrous. Uh, the other high high priority bill is um, Senate Bill two hundred and sixty. It's a takings bill. It is a bill that says that if a developer can't do whatever they please with their property, the state of Montana is going to have to pay them. So they are amending it this morning um, with an amendment that would make this also apply to, apply to local governments. And it, when, a, for example, a gravel pit or a gas um, pipeline or a, a, a you know, a, a gas plant or any type of developer wants to develop something, and if there's an agency mitigates the impacts to property or to to neighboring landowners like hours of operation or doesn't let them recover every last stink and mineral that's in the ground, then the state will owe that developer um, money. Uh, A previous bill in 2013 that was really similar uh, the fiscal note said it would cost the state $600 million over the course of six years. Um, in Oregon, when they passed it, it was going to cost the state of Oregon within three years when they they had the law for a three-year period before they they pulled it because it was so devastating. It was $19.8 billion of a hit to their um, government, state and local governments. It was. It's too much. It buries the state and um, it causes chaos and it would be devastating to Montana. So those are our two biggest priorities, but we have so many priorities that I'll let Connor talk about some of our clean energy priorities.
1: Yeah, a couple of priorities for MEAC that I've been monitoring. Um, I'll talk about a couple of bills. Uh, One of those bills is House Bill Two Seventy Three, which was introduced by Representative Derek Skies. There's actually a hearing on this uh, yesterday, March Twenty Fifth, that I testified at, and uh, Madison Huebner, who's also from Fort Montana, was also testifying in opposition to what that bill hopes to do is repeal Initiative Eighty, which was a voter initiative that passed in 1978 with two thirds of the vote, and what. What that does is it allows Montana's public to vote for uh, the approval of any siting of any new nuclear facility in the state. So it's a very special privilege that Montanans have if we're ever going to pursue nuclear energy. It also um, instills some safeguards as well, um, a lot of just common sense safeguards to help ensure that Montanans are uh, protected And so we testified in opposition to that bill because obviously the public should have a say if we're going to pursue nuclear energy. Um, The public is very well informed and very, very aware of the dangers of nuclear energy should, um, anything happen, uh, if we use it, as well as issues with storage of nuclear waste and also costs. Um, Nuclear energy is expensive. So that's why we think the public should have a say in this, and that's why we're strongly opposed to House Bill 273. Um, Another bill that I've been monitoring is Senate Bill uh, 237, which was introduced by Senator Doug Carey. We've seen a handful of bills this session that hope to repeal the Renewable Portfolio Standard, and under the Renewable Portfolio Standard, large-scale utility, large-scale utilities like Northwestern and Montana-Dakota utilities have to purchase a certain amount of their electricity from renewable resources. And uh, part of that requirement is a uh, requirement called the Community Renewable Energy Projects Program, which helps ensure that these large-scale utilities purchase locally owned um, electricity uh. Which is, of course, beneficial for those communities. Um, Senate Bill 237 hopes to repeal that community energy requirement, but also hopes to uh, do so, uh, eliminate any fees and re- penalties um, and eliminate those retroactively. So what that means is if a utility like Northwestern fails to adhere to the requirement under the renewable renewable portfolio standard, they have to pay a fine or penalty. Well a district court held that in 2015 and 2016, Northwestern failed to do just that. So because of that, uh, Northwestern owes low income and tribal community energy assistance programs two and a half million dollars. So if Senate Bill 237 were to pass, then those communities would no longer receive their money, which, of course, would be devastating to them as well. And this bill is specifically designed to discriminate against those communities because it, with other bills that just aim to repeal the Renewable Portfolio Standard altogether, they would get rid of that CREPS, or the community energy requirement altogether. So this bill is designed to ensure that utilities like Northwestern don't pay the fine that they uh, owe to these communities. So those are a couple of bills that I've been monitoring throughout this session that are starting to raise some red flags.
3: Great, thanks. Um, I hear both of you talking about Northwestern energy, and I think um, a lot of young people maybe don't know much about Northwestern energy and accountability surrounding uh, NWE. So what should young people know about NWE and accountability?
2: It's utilities like Northwestern energy that provide electricity to most of the people in Montana. Um, They do a good job of making sure the lights stay on. And that's really important. The problem is that Northwestern Energy is out of step with all the other utilities in the, in the nation who are moving forward with this new energy economy. They are figuring out ways to integrate renewables and clean energy into their system. Northwestern Energy is 10 to 15 years behind the times. They, they bought it into a, a Coal plant late in the game, just about a decade ago. They're charging us exorbitant fees to um, pay off that gas or that coal plant. And they want to build a lot more gas plants. And if they build more gas plants, those plants are going to be around for decades to come. Customers are going to be on the hook for paying for those. And It's going to make not only our rates increase, but it's going to increase our carbon footprint dramatically. And we simply can't be moving in that direction when everybody else is moving towards cleaner, cheaper, affordable, renewable resources. Um, Northwestern is just stuck in the last century and we're going to have to bring them along kicking and screaming uh, and try to catch up to what other utilities have been doing for quite some time now.
3: So we... Are noticing between your bill tracker and your new TikTok account, um, you've come up with a lot of creative engagement tools this session. Um, How did you decide on these techniques and what's it been like to develop them? And kind of along with that, what's been surprising or challenging?
2: We... Uh, Added capacity. So we hired a couple people, particularly one who's really focused on social media and trying to improve our digital presence and help get the word out on things. And she has just done a tremendous job of creating a system, a bill tracker and an engagement Uh, tracker on our website so that people can go to MEIC.org, find all the bills that have to do with climate change and a lot of other top priority issues for the environment, and contact their legislators on those bills. She made it super, super easy. But we also need to get the word out to people who aren't going to MEIC's (laughs) website. And that means we need to um, help people Um, engage through the medium that they're already engaging in, which is TikTok and Instagram um, and Facebook for old people. Um, So (laughs) we need to make sure that everybody um, has access to the information they need to engage and to um, strengthen democracy. Because if people aren't paying attention and aren't engaging, then we don't have a democracy. We have, you know, tyranny of the legislature and they need to hear from people.
1: Yeah. When I started at MEAC, uh, one of the things I proposed is I wanted to bring uh, some sort of millennial uh, perspective to the organization. And then shout out to Katie Spence, who we were able to bring in as well. We had some internal conversations within the organization because climate change affects all of us. And I think especially younger people need to have a voice in politics in order to make it clear that this will affect us. It will affect us dramatically. there's no way around that. So we have to do our best to address that and to get young people involved. And Katie has done a wonderful job of ensuring that we use social media in a way that engages them, but also engages all age groups, because um, that's really the trick. It's figuring out how to use social media, social media in a way that doesn't feel exclusionary for any group, but instead feels inviting for everyone, um, which is ultimately our goal. And Katie's done a wonderful job of that.
2: Right. I I would argue that probably most of the people listening to this podcast don't get the daily newspaper. Um, And yet that is one of the mediums we've been using for a really long time to get the word out. But if a huge segment of our population and a declining segment of our population is looking at the newspaper, we need to find other ways to reach people. Um, So we're always trying new things. And if anybody has suggestions, we are all ears because it's really important that people know what's going on. And That they don't have to always spend money to get that information. Um, The newspaper is expensive. And so how can we help people uh, just have some some idea about how things that are affecting their lives are being decided right now?
3: Yeah, I love that point about the expense uh, piece of it. Like a lot of young people aren't, maybe can't afford to subscribe to the newspaper. They're not interested. And so I think that's a great point. We're really impressed with the work you all are doing in terms of engagement. So thank you. Um, And lastly, I think that's a great lead in to how can young people get involved with the work you're doing? Um, We really appreciate MEIC and um, how can folks help you out?
2: I think one of the first things people can do is to engage with Forward Montana. I mean, you guys are a great partner for MEIC, and you you know how young people engage, and the more that they can get engaged with Forward Montana, um, we work with you, they're going to find out the same information that they would if they engaged with us. So they could either go to your website, engage um, however you ask them to engage, or they could Go to MEIC's website um, and get on our action alert list, as well as, you know, that's free. Anybody can get on our action alert list. Our website is available to everybody. Anybody can engage in our website and find the clean energy bills that they're interested in supporting, or the ones that are trying to gut clean energy and how they can help oppose those bills. So I think there's a number of mechanisms. But if I were them, I would start with engaging with Ford Montana.
1: Yeah. And I think one of the best things you can do as a young person is to just stay informed. I think that that is something that isn't talked about enough, really. I think as a young person, it's very easy to ignore a lot of things, especially if you think it doesn't pertain to your life. But I think if you're able to just, you know, follow us on Instagram, follow us on TikTok, et cetera, you'll be able to stay up to date in regards to what are our priorities? What do we want you to testify on? And then, you know, just uh, be able to Don't be afraid to reach out to the legislature. Um, I found out throughout my experience that um, I think they're a little intimidated by young people. Um, I think they're a little shocked when young people come up and speak out. So don't be afraid to do so. Um, Everyone has a voice that's very important to be heard. That's why um, they invite the public for these testimonies. So don't feel like you can be excluded because of your age. Um, We encourage everyone to speak, especially because issues like climate change will affect us in the future. And the legislature does need to hear that over and over again.
3: Awesome, thanks so much. Um, yeah, is there anything else you would all, you would want us to know? Anything you want to talk about or bring
2: up? I, you know, when you pay your utility bill every single month, think about where your power comes from, and think about whether you want to be giving money to fossil fuels that are destroying the planet or whether you want your utility to be more reliant on clean energy so that your generation, the younger generation isn't going to be saddled with these huge debts and the the destruction that climate change is wrecking across the country. Um, And pay attention to The actions that that Forward Montana and MEIC have to try to move the utility forward and engage in those, especially as Northwestern comes forward with a gas plant right after the session. They they're gonna want all of us to pay for a new big shiny gas plant that's gonna make their customer or their shareholders an awful lot of money. And that money comes out of our pockets. It comes out of the pockets of young people who simply can't afford higher energy bills. So if if Nothing else. Pay attention to your energy bill and where your energy is coming from.
1: Yeah. And I would say, don't be afraid to reach out to anyone at MEIC as well. Um, We're always available by email, by phone. Um, We want to stay engaged with the public. It may be a little hectic right now, given the legislative session, but we will always return a phone call. We will always return an email. um, We will always uh, try to stay in contact with you.
3: Great. Well, I really, really appreciate both of you talking to us today and just, again, appreciate your work and I'm really glad to work with you this session. So thanks. Thank you so much to Anne, Connor,
0: and Eliza for that. You are all the best. And if you're not following MEIC on TikTok yet, you are truly missing out. And that wraps it up for us this week. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. You can subscribe to What the Helena on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
2: Bye!